This episode of the podcast is brought to you by HardcoreHusky.com, covering Washington Huskies football with message boards full of debauchery and childlike wonder. Folks who are well-known in cyberland and not that dumb, except for our little fudgy who is wrong about everything. So come join the gang and register today for free at HardcoreHusky.com. And now it's time for the show. Well, it was uh, a mere week ago that uh, the three of us were talking about the season opener against Montana, and I believe it was uh, Willie Doog that said that uh, he would be pissed off if the Huskies were not ahead by at least 50 points heading into the fourth quarter, um, and we're sitting here all stunned right now as Washington lost to Montana 13-7. to I don't even know the last time and the only time that the Huskies lost to Montana, but I believe it was in the 1940s or early 50s, something like that. Um, so guys, before I ask you for, for your thoughts, I'm just going to take a minute and, uh, look at my uh, notes here. I've got things that I wrote down that I thought were positives because we're going to try to be positive here. Um, I thought that, um, McDuffie, uh, did a great job in the first half, uh, downing a punt at the one yard line. And, uh, and then you guys texted me during the game saying that Steve Poole was sitting behind you. Um, <laughs> And uh, that's all I got. So what about you guys? He, uh, Steve Poole forecasted it early. We should have followed him because he left uh, before <laughs> halftime. Um, Why do guys, we not I'll just say Steve this. Poole? I, I tell you what, um, I lay this at the feet of Jen Cohen that she did not do due diligence when she was looking for a head coach. She listened to a Chris Peterson and uh, and signed up Jimmy Lake without doing a search, and we're paying the price for that now, and we're going to pay the price for that for a long time um, because Jen Cohen and Jimmy Lake aren't going anywhere anytime soon, and we've gone from a team that went to a, a, a New Year's Six uh, Bowl three years in a row uh and you know a couple years later plus COVID or whatever, and, and now we're, we're the worst team in the Pac-12, and we're – this team cannot do anything good. We can't recruit. We can't block. We can't throw. We can't tackle. We can't coach. Um, I got more things to say, but I don't want to hog all the time here, so I'll hand it off to you guys. Um, uh, Wooly, if you want to start with your thoughts. I mean, it's pretty much all the same. The only positive is that you can buy beer in the stadium now. Uh, that's the only positive I could come up with. And there was just a point – I think that just sums up everything to me in the game where I think it was a third, a key third down, and the Huskies were still ahead. And the Montana running back was in the open field, and it was him and Tafisi, and Tafisi got juked out of his mind. I just screamed. It wasn't instinct- even a juke. I mean, it wasn't it was even a juke. Instinctually, how are you a, like a Pac-12 scholarship athlete, and you don't even – you can't even kind of make that play. And the second thing to me is, you know, we were me and Joey were looking back at old old games, you know, a few years ago and just looking at scores and we were like in 2017 I think they beat Montana like 65 to 7 or something it's like I don't remember that game at all and you know how how do you go from in just a few years basically I mean I I think they might have guys who even played in that in that game who would beat a Montana team who I assume Montana is the same every year they probably won the big sky probably you know won games in their playoff at least that team wins 65 to 7 and you lose 7 to 13. How does that happen so quickly? That's the thing to me with the, the, the disintegration of this. Is how does that happen so quickly? And then, especially last year, I mean, I'm not going to rant for too long before we start to kind of go back and forth, but I mean, last year this team was playing Pac 12 teams and offensively they were not, you know, they weren't, uh, they weren't, you know, the. The, the greatest show on turf, Rams, you know, back in the day, but they, they were okay. How do you go to this so quickly with the same players? It's mind-boggling. Yeah, Joey? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to respond. <laughs> I, I, was t- I was tightening up the news, so. <laughs> on the door handle. <laughs> the door. <laughs> uh, my, my 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 left shoe has no shoelace that's wrapped around a door handle. But really, but really, it's death. <laughs> this is the death uh, of a program. So, um, sideline uh, looked completely dead. 
uh, I feel like I got sucked into a Ponzi scheme with Dylan Morris. I, I got dude. I got dude. <laughs> I got dude hard. I got dude silly. Uh, he is. He was like completely inaccurate. Um, well, not not only him. This line. Give me a break. This the Montana D line was averaging what two sixty, two seventy across the board, and they're knifing in uh, the our big uh, two tall linemen can't handle these uh, these tough little cattle wrangling <laughs> Montana guys. Uh, I, I I it's it's unfathomable. This this loss is is completely it's unacceptable. It's this is the, I mean, this is the worst loss, not even in, in home Husky history, Husky history, period. Um, I had to apologize to my son walking back that I brought him to this game, and he's seven, he doesn't give a shit, but I'll still apologize. <laughs> and I just, I just got a text message from Tommy SQC, and he says uh, he can't take this shit anymore, he's got better things to do, and he wants me to delete his account. So, <laughs> well, uh, I have like two things that these two are opening manifestos. One, there is about, what do you say, 50,000, 60,000 people who are Western Washington fucking people who are football fans who've stuck with this program, who come to this game that gets Montana through COVID, through Labor Day weekend. We have all the better stuff we can do. It's the last weekend before weather is going to completely die in Washington. And that is the product you produce. That is so disgraceful. And there's people still there cheering, you know, late to the game. And that is what you produce. It's unfathomable. And then the second thing is just one insight I want to provide for people who are at the game. Is my, my worst feeling was about halfway through the fourth quarter, and then I thought McGrew might have had some sort of COVID situation. And I noticed he was pacing up and down the entire sideline the whole entire fourth quarter, and he never got in for a single play. And I cannot, you cannot convince me that McGrew would not have had a better game than Richard fucking Newton, who ran into people and, and couldn't get anything. Run, run into tacklers. There's a, tend to be a tough guy, you know, which is outside of the box here when I old Burns that are drinking, uh, that, that we need to go, we need to fucking go home. Okay, there's a time to be a tough guy. Okay, Newton, don't just run into a tackler, okay? It's it, Enough. He's not shifty. He's, he's never, he never ran he, through anyone. He doesn't run through anybody. He never ran he through anyone. He runs through a tackler and gets tackled. Like, he, good. congratulations. Okay, great. He gets up and he's like, he's like, like, oh. And he, like, either holds up or he gets mad like he should have broken one. No, you didn't almost break it. You, you've missed oh, holes. I have some breaking news here. Um, the University of Washington has announced that Joey Dangerously is the new running backs coach. <laughs> I mean, how? And I, I'm not the world's biggest Sean McGrew fan. You cannot tell me, and I can't imagine that didn't create some, some you know, morale issues with the team. If you have a guy who's been the progress in the years, he's coming back, you know, with the extra COVID season, he doesn't get a snap. You know, he he's been he played in the Rose Bowl. He was a guy. He he got he got carried in a Rose Bowl. And now he's here, he's back another year, and they're giving the ball to Richard Newton. Yeah, who never broke a tackle. That's one thing. I mean, you didn't run into guys. Never broke a tackle against Montana. So, so McGrew, McGrew was pacing on the sideline. He was uh, all suited up, padded up, ready to go. Uh, I never noticed uh, Barry or Sunday or Pleasant. Pleasant? Pleasant? I, no, never noticed Pleasant. I never saw uh, Pleasant on the sideline. Uh, a lot of receivers out. I'm I'm getting into I, yeah, I, I sounding like excuses. I'm not. I don't want to make excuses. I mean, fuck those pussies, man. I mean, seriously. If if we're playing UCLA, go. those those excuses are valid. But we're playing Montana, so yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, well, there. Uh, I mean, I saw Bynum and Street close. Uh, I was trying to look for 24 uh, Pleasant. Yeah, I never, saw never, him. never saw him. I mean, you literally saw Newton and Davis the whole game, and yeah, you, McGrew pacing the sidelines. It's like, hey, what is he punished? Then put him in fucking street clothes. He breaks tackles, and he. I mean, I don't know. I think we have an issue. Maybe uh, 
Derek, you'll have to kind of run point because there's just so many things to freak out about that I don't even know what, what to freak out about. I, yeah. Are, were we, like, well, were we playing with a skeleton crew tonight, basically? I, I, I don't know. Well, I feel like we're getting like, a little myopic there because – I agree with you in regards to Newton, but at the same time, the blocking was atrocious, so I don't put it all on him. Um, but I, in all seriousness, I do have some breaking news here. This is not a joke. Um, that uh, Ruth Robbins has announced over Twitter that she's been waiting for the right time to step down, and she's doing it now. <laughs> and I'm not joking. It is the right time to step down. I want to step down from being a fan. Uh I think Kimmy Lake should get left on the field. I think him and Dylan Morris should get left on the field. She's got a career in church choir. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um, here's the thing. Like I, I said at the opening of the podcast, that this is at the feet of uh, of Jen Cohen, and 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 um, figuratively speaking, she's got blood on her yeah. hands because um, she didn't do her due diligence. Oh, it looks like Husky Claus has uh, secured the rights to firejimmylake.com. So uh, <laughs> th- things are moving. Go ahead. I just wanted to say that um, I opened by saying that, you know, this is on Jen, Jen Cohen's watch and, and the blood's on her hands, so to speak. But Jimmy Lake and all of his swagger bullshit, it looks so pathetic now when you do this. Yeah. Uh, and you and you run the damn ball, and we we expect to win the championship every year. Fuck you, you know. I, it's like this this, uh, this ridiculous. This this Humphrey quarterback from Montana, two for ten for twenty two yards. I think that was in the first half. That, that yeah. whole that's the whole game. That's the box score. He Montana had, back, they had fifty nine oh, no, yards had on the ground. Yards. The Huskies did. Weird. Yeah, he never got sacked. Again, we're in year, how many years of another team now as a quarterback that just, you know, has some mobility and, you know, that doesn't get sacked and it kills you and the Huskies have a quarterback who can't avoid a sack. Uh, I mean, the big thing to me, one thought walking back, is just like the thing with promoting Timmy Lake is he's never coached a football team. I mean, he's never on any level. You forget that when you make these the coordinate hires. Yes, they've worked at places like Ohio State and Oklahoma. Clearly that has. But when you hire a guy who's just a pure coordinator, you know, in your own program, he's never coached a football team. You know, and it just feels like, going back to what you said, too, you know, so many times the program has been in places where, you know, turmoil has happened. You know, Don James having to step down, stepping down, Chris Peterson, you know, quitting, Rick Neuheisel getting uh, – quitting with his, with his situation or getting fired because of this rule-breaking thing. And every time they have made the wrong choice, and every time at the time when they did that, they probably could have hired some. The, the program had momentum, you know. When Peter yes. sat down, it was, a t, it was a program that had a bad year but was in a good place. Case in point, how Jimmy Lake was able to keep all the recruits in that class, but clearly he's a terrible recruiter and something's really rotten. But at that point, they probably could have got someone good. Instead, they went the easy route. They hired, yeah, who you said, who Peterson recommended, who's a coordinator, who has no proven thing, and now they're fucked. Now they're going to have to have him for how many seasons or how many games? Oh, we're stuck with him. We're stuck with him. Uh, unless unless there's, yeah, unless this year is a complete tank job. And who's going to want to come in? And then they're going to miss out on two recruiting classes, too. That's the thing, too. I mean, if they just would have, 2019, they probably could have got, you know, Hypothetically, the name, the list guys would have took the job. Would that be same thing when they New Heidel got fired or got run out of football? Who would have taken the job there then compared to after Gilbertson it blew up? It's, it's going down. It's going down right now. I don't know. Someone. It, it, it looks like it almost looks like it was. It's a New Heidel Gilby thing. It, it looks it does, like it's yeah. going down right now. Right before it. we yep. can all see it. We can all see it. Well, and then. Early in the early, early in the Sark years, when um, when De, the late Delary and I would be talking a lot about um, how we how badly we wanted Sark out of here, and we would we would half we would be half serious and half joking though we'd say the only thing we because he's not going anywhere anytime soon he keeps going seven and six and that's enough, um, and so we said our only hope was that he would like 
uh, you know, get turned in by some uh, co-ed because he sent her a dick pic or something. You remember? I think that got joked about on the boards. And um, that's, I don't, obviously there's no reason to think that's going to happen with Jimmy. And, of course, I'm joking. But anything short of a scandal, he's not going anywhere. And no, uh, I, anything – and Cohen's not going anywhere. So I, I don't I, – I, he's uh, – He's going to have to uh, uh, throw his uh, coordinators, coaches under the under the big white bus we're driving. <laughs> uh, he's going to uh, have to do something because what I saw today it was like the most vanilla bullshit offense ever. I mean, they ran. It looked like it looked like sprint right option. It looked like literally the West Coast play of sprint right option. They ran it. Uh, at least three times right directly in front of us, the same fucking play. Uh, they ran it another three times going the other direction. I mean, it was it was at least six or seven times they ran the same exact play. And Montana knew exactly what to do after the first two times. I don't know. Absolutely. There's just, like, there's just things too that are just like tells, like opening kickoff. We're like, all right, Cal Jackson. He gets it, and you're like, the guy looks slow. Like he went on that opening kickoff every time he or any kickoff he got, he got nothing. And you're like, isn't this guy supposed to be like the big fast guy? Then I think Duffy got a return or something. It was just like, okay, or Cam Davis, like nothing against Montana. There was just no momentum, and the defense played tough, and they they got stopped, but they never made a play. They, they didn't get a sack, I don't think. They never made a turnover. They never had like a big play. It was just like a malaise that was just like death it was just like a slow death of just like and here here's something i want to say also that ties in with that it's kind of twofold first of all and something that i complained about last year on the boards was that the university of washington is uh the athletic department has put has put so much pressure on uh fans and with their whole uh you know uh, the all-in thing uh-huh. And and they and they and they, you know and then they give you the whole what was it they sent out that letter and it was very kind of sneaky and then if we don't hear from you within two weeks we're going to assume that your tickets were a donation and all this kind of thing. Yeah, um, you are you're asking the fan base to be all in and then these players and everybody they come trudging out today and they didn't give a shit they did not care. And I mean, the dude, one difference, like, the Oregon team looked so bad, but then you got into the fourth quarter today, and they were like, fuck this, we can't, you know, we got to win. Yeah. And then it was, a, and it was over. Um, can't lose the and, hair. Can't lose the hair. <laughs> oh, Hainer would have won that game. Hainer might have won that game. Hainer yeah. would have won that game. Hainer yeah. had a good game in Austin on the road. Morris, yes. I don't think it make any sense how, I mean, did fans ruin Morris? He looks like a completely different quarterback. Completely, completely different. This, this is well, and I'll, and I'll read, say this: nothing you read about all four, all, all four games from last year. Uh, we looked like shit coming out in the first half, and so this would be the fifth game in a row. Um, yeah. And I, I, there's a problem there. Well, they marched right down the first drive and scored, and it looked like oh, okay, uh, they got a good balance of run and pass. Right. And Montana just was like, "Oh no, we're uh, we're tougher. We uh, we don't wear well, you know what I wanna... We don't wear fucking masks around all fucking day, you big pussies." <laughs> you know what? I want to be fair in one thing, though. That it's not like the defense played horrible, uh, especially yeah. in the first half. You can't ask for much more than what they did. I guess I guess it's a combination of we let them stick around, and then just from the body language of the players, it's like they just didn't give a shit, and the offense played so bad. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I want to be fair, but um, it, it's, you know, you just lost by six points to Montana at home. I mean, the defense, yeah, did not lose the game. I stand by my statement, though, of just I'd almost rather have a defense that gives up some more, but that could actually make a play that isn't just – I mean, that quarterback was bad. I, I, I was – Oh, I got to – Sort of a correction on the box score. It's weird. It says two for ten for twenty-two yards, but as a team, twelve for twenty-three, one hundred and five yards. That's weird because there was only one quarterback. He, he well, well, the backup, That's... the backup came in for a little bit when he got hurt. <laughs> so, well, an ESPN sucks. 
Well, I noticed it. There was always like my tried and true thing back in the day of the dark years was you'd watch, you'd watch Washington, even if the defense was okay, they could not get out the field on third down unless the quarterback just made an unforced bad pass or the guy dropped the pass. And it was like that. Even though when they weren't giving up points, they're getting the ball back. It's the same thing. I'm like, that guy was open. Either the quarterback just airmailed it and he wasn't even under much pressure. I'm like, if this guy just makes these passes and these guys catch the ball, this game's like going to get ugly. And it happened. And that's the thing. Even if they're playing okay defense, it was just like. So we had an FCS uh, team with a shit quarterback. Yeah. Like if they had a season, couldn't win the game. Hainer would have put up 28. Hainer would have, wouldn't have put up 50. Hainer wouldn't have put up 50, but Hainer would have put up 28. I mean, yeah, it was oh, early yeah. on. They, were, they weren't giving up points, but I'm like, they're just not getting it because this quarterback just missing out passes. It's like not like the defense <laughs> is just making, making plays and, Again, I bet you uh, haters is just laughing his ass off right now. Hater is laughing. Ty Jones is <laughs> laughing his ass. Ty Jones is laughing. Uh, we were we were commenting, or, you know, before the game, like, you know, maybe he did beat out Ethan in camp. Maybe maybe Peterson actually succumbed to uh, fan pressure. I don't know. I think I it's mean, possible. Like totally, this is drunken reaction, right? Yeah. Oh my I God. Mean, more. <laughs> oh, I'm like sorry. Quarterback. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just I just noticed something here as I've been clicking on the boards. Uh, Husky Claus posted this thing about FireJimmyLake.com, and yeah, but I went to it and I clicked it, and when you click FireJimmyLake.com, it takes you to Washington.edu. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Well, that's how they resell you because this program is broken. It's been broken for a long time. It's broken. 20 years. For a long, long Somebody time. at the University of Washington bought up FireJimmyLeg.com. That's amazing. Oh, hold on. Somewhere race is saying, 30 years it's been broken. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't All right, know so. What do we talk about? Because there's just so many things that are just like you could. Well, first forever. of all, I if a website's going to get fired up, it's going to have to be the real FireJimmyLake.com now. <laughs> well, I I don't know. I think I think blow it up, blow, blow it up. I mean, this. I mean, I don't know. I mean, also the question of does Sam Heward, do you does Jimmy Lake? Just his only hope now is maybe to put it on Sam Hewitt. Rip, rip the fucking Band-Aid rip off. Rip the Band-Aid off. I mean, that was bad. I mean, uh, uh, where do you go from here? I mean, the offensive line, I mean, I was joking, you know, in our preview podcast, I'm talking about, you know, three times you've been swindled by this offensive line that's, you know, looked good and returning everybody, and then they can't block, you know, anyone. And we saw it. They could not get a yard. They couldn't get past the line of scrimmage against Montana. They struggle to get positive yardage. So, uh, Willie Duke points out uh, before the game to me, he's like, uh, Jackson Kirkland, skinny legs. He's not. And it's like, yeah, totally skinny legs and a flat ass. He's not. You pointed that out. I was was talking this. For the record. I was talking earlier this week. I'm like, Mel Kuyper doesn't know shit. I think he's paid content. I think he got paid to put Thibodeau at number one. uh, Because I was like, my proof. That fucking pussy went out. My my proof is that Jackson Kirkland is number nine player. I'm like, Jackson Kirkland might be a UD fucking FA. I have no faith in that guy. And I'm like, look, we're at the game. I'm like, do you remember what Caleb McGarry looked like? He was the last. He was the last pick. He looked like Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar <laughs> was like bigger and scarier, and he was athletic. And like that guy was the last pick in the first round. You look at Jackson Kirkland, and he looks like, like a. I'm not going to talk shit about a guy, but he just does not look like a fucking NFL lineman. Bird legs. Bird legs. Weird ass. Like inward ass. Bird legs. Yeah. Uh, Bulo. Goes out. I thought. I, I thought we were going to see a mountain of a Sasquatch man, and it was like, <laughs> oh, he looks like he looks like Kirkland. He doesn't look like a right guard. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't look like uh, uh, Steve Hutchinson. He doesn't look like a fucking guard. He looks like way too tall. Uh, surprisingly, Wattenberg didn't look like completely awful today, but 
Well, they made up for it by the other four guys sucking ass. I mean, the left guard, um, Benavalu, either got hurt or got benched because eventually Kalepo came in. Yeah, I couldn't figure it out. Eventually Kalepo came in. So, and you go back and you look at, you know, the 2016 that that era of the line. You had McGarry, you know, large Brock Lesnar, Adams. You know, he he was a weird body type, but he still looked like a dude. And Eldrin Camp and Coleman Shelton, who looked like guards and centers, they weren't the elite. Looked like guards. Guards and centers. Looked like Nick, interior linemen. Nick Harris, you know. An anti- Duke Nick Harris. Anti-Duke hated, but, Duke but he looked like an interior lineman. Yes. Looked no like one they have no, now looks like an interior lineman. They just look like they recruited guys, possibly this fringe four-star idea of recruiting guys because they're four-star guys. It just never works out in the Pac-12. It's the only thing that's ever worked in the Pac-12 in recent history has been nailing five-star recruits, as Pete Carroll, are scheming people the way Oregon and Stanford did back in the day. Our Pete just got the right guys, and they were good and sprinkled in a few local guys who were really good talent. So I don't know. I don't know what to say. Oregon State always stole a guy from Washington. Turned <laughs> him into a all-time <laughs> guy. And it always like, takes the guy from Washington. It looks like they just grabbed some guys who were – you know, four-star recruits, and they just threw him out there. And Victor Kern, who's not, who's not a tackle. He's like six three, three twenty. No, he should be right guard. He's not right tackle. I, I don't know. I, I don't know where to start, and I don't know where to end. I don't know where to where it goes. It's funny. It's funny. Every time uh, they kind of needed some big play to happen, he throw to Otten, and you were, you're like, what, where was it? All game. Where was that? All game. Where where was it? And I don't. I don't but even so, up. you need ten yards, and he'd get you six, and you're still punting. Yeah. So. Well, uh, um, yeah. I mean, still, it, it's like, oh, you said he was your security blanket all the time. Well, okay, you had chances throughout the game. By the way, we never saw Quentin Moore either. No wow. Quentin Moore. COVID. Saw a lot of mm. uh, Duke, Duke, and Devlin Culp. Westover missed the block early. I don't think he ever came back in. The dude. Oh yeah, he whiffed. Dugeman legend. Dugeman legend. Jack Westover. Well, there's some also <laughs> weird things. Weird, weird things about the game. Did it? I mean, I don't think we discussed yet. But what? Why were Bynum and O'Dunze not playing? Um, but Vane and Value went out and never came back in. Um, I think there was a couple other things I was thinking about that were just kind of odd. Are these COVID guys or these guys who had COVID? Did we ever find out? Like. Kamari Pleasant, like what? What was the deal with all of that? And uh, also, Montana's punter, Montana's punter and kicker, quietly the dog, dog man will give them the game player of the game. Montana's punter was amazing. Well, fuck the kicker, he missed. Yes, the fuck kicker. Well, he also had that kickoff late the game or whatever. He, oh yeah. Also, Peyton Henry, what the fuck? I mean, you're in the program for how many years? And you can't make a no pressure fifty yarder with no wind. Come at home. Come on. No man. kidding. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Fucking kickers, man. Come on. I mean, and then Montana's punter quietly get the field field position game all game. He reversed the field over and over again. So I got I got this thing. Uh, I fucking can't stand kickers. I can't stand them. They they don't have to uh, live with CTE the rest of their lives. They don't have to do. They just walk, walk around the sideline acting like dorks. But no beef with punters. Punters are like the HR department of the football team. The offense fucks up. They send the punter out to handle the dirty work. And this Montana punter, they had the best HR department of a lot of football teams I've seen in a long time. I don't know. I don't, well, I don't guys, like yeah. I can tell you that a back back to pack uh, fudgy. He's he's not taking the loss very well. Back to pack. Well, he's a suicidal millennial. Yeah, he's not handling this very well. So, I'll I'll read one of his posts here. Um, and and by the way, his criticism of Morris, I do not agree with with what he says here. But uh, but I'm just going to read what he says. He says, "Fire everyone." He said, this is what happens when you hire a shit offensive coordinator and start a literal inbred at quarterback. We can never have nice things. This hurts bad. Have a nice night, everyone. This program is so pathetic. My apologies to the Morris family. I have no idea. I have no idea what the person 
affiliation is there? I also don't know. He looked Morris looked good last year. I mean, I'm not a, I'm also like not a big PFF guy, but I think they do do all right with quarterbacks if they they can chart, you know, what actually happened. But he he was good, and that just looked like a totally different guy. I mean, you could even say the thing last year, if like against Stanford when they didn't have Bynum and they didn't have uh, Puka. He struggled a little bit, but he still was like, you know, he did all right in that game, and he was just lost. He's just like he was airmailing everything. He was just dropping back. He was way behind. He was way behind. Uh, number of passes. Way he behind. Just, he looked very terrible, but uh, I'm not. I'm not throwing in the towel completely on him because he he earned something last year from what we saw. So my concern is more just team wide. Um, you know, I expect us to shit the bed against Michigan now, but um, Morris looked—he looked terrible. So don't get me wrong, but you know, this—this this didn't happen last year with him. So I don't know. But I mean, here—here's the thing that really concerns me, though, is that all—all all we've heard um, throughout the spring and the summer and into the fall camp was that the offensive line was the strong suit of this team along with the defense, but our offensive line was going to really dominate, and we can't even block Montana. Yeah, I, uh, I also would say, did Morris get ruined by his own home, uh, home crowd? Like, did he not know how to play? Was the pressure of the crowd too much for him? Because it looked also hmm. I think it was an, early, an early tell. I, I was telling Joey we were watching the game, same thing. It was a four things get ugly. But I was like, there's receivers are not open. No one is open. Like, early on, I was like, there, no one's open. I mean, you know, you weren't, weren't schemes open, uh, just no separation, nothing. That, that's, that's a telltale sign of, you know, vanilla play calling, just crappy vanilla play calling. No scheme. It, it looked like uh, Montana ran, you know, the same defense the whole entire game. And we're like, oh, my God. These guys, they, they don't want to win the game. Oh, my God. It was, you know, I, I don't I don't quite understand what, uh, I mean, to say, you know, they, uh, they didn't take Montana seriously. Uh, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, the coaching staff will never tell you that, but it's possible. You know, it's human nature. But still, you, you want to just send a message. Put them down, you know, by by fifty points going into the fourth quarter. <laughs> well, that's kind of one of my, you know, excuse this point. So I have said from day one, once they started scheduling FCS games, don't schedule Eastern, don't schedule Montana, don't yeah. schedule Idaho State, schedule Portland State, because again, yeah, when those teams are good, they're probably they're good. They're probably the seven. Their 80th best team in FBS if they were in the league and want to win. They're good teams, you know, and this is not an excuse, but from day one, I'm like, I don't schedule Eastern. I hated scheduling Eastern, especially because they're in state and it's a team full of guys who wanted to play for you. But Montana is similar where it's like, this is a good team, a good program, and this is a warm up game. Get schedule Montana State, schedule Portland State, schedule, don't schedule it at all. Like, these, these games should not be scheduled. They shouldn't be scheduled at all. I, I hate the fact that we have to play these games, and this is exactly why. Because you know it's coming. Yeah, everybody's due. Everybody's everybody due. Everybody is for this. due. Yeah. So I don't think we anybody saw this coming at, at any point. I know you're saying sooner or later, but I didn't Montana. see it coming today. But I didn't yeah, see it today, coming but today, but I mean, every team is due. It, it's like it's coming. So I, you know. Michigan never saw it against Appalachian State. Appalachia, I mean, Appalachian, yeah. Appalachian State is, is like the reason Montana can hang with us today. Us question mark. <laughs> We're all the board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and one thing I'll say is that um, it was really confounding to me more than anything else was that we're down 10 to 7 with three minutes to go. And then we're we're running up. We keep running up the middle, and then we get out of you know we unpile, and then we you know we kind of I won't say we were trudging, but we slowly get back and lined up again. And there's no urgency. And then there's two minutes left, and we're still doing it. 
Yeah, we were we were screaming. Section 103 was uh, loud, obnoxious, cussing. Um, I'm probably not welcome in any church <laughs> not, in the state of Washington. <laughs> well, again, another creepy tell. Uh, towards the end of the first half, to me, they were kind of playing like you play, and like when you're playing play, you play PlayStation, where the Huskies had a little bit of time. It was like one second left, and they were like still calling plays in the first half. You know, we were like, usually you feel like, yeah. you're like this is Montana. We have the confidence. We're just like when they got the ball back. I can't remember how much time it was. Like thirty seconds. I'm like, oh, they're just gonna run it off, tackle, and go in because you know this is Montana. And they know they're going to be able to rip off, you know, 35 unanswered easily in the second half. But they, they tried to score. And even with one second left, I think they call a timeout to get one more play left to run a play like you would do if you're like me or you playing NCAA football 2004. And you're like, I want to score. Cause I, but, like, you know, back in, you know, most days. You're but like, we ran the ball, though. That, too, because Morris, no, ran Morris the ball. can't throw a 60-yard bomb. That's what somebody was saying on the boards, but uh, I, I don't remember what the play was, but we ran with Newton, I think, and it ran out the rest of the clock. They, did, they, so. did. they eventually did, yeah, they did. They tried to Newton. They ran Newton, just fucking Newton, off left tackle and got, like, three yards in the half. And, yeah, also kicked and kicked off in the, the second half. I mean, I don't know. This is just – I don't know where you go from here. It's almost better that it's just, like, you know – I think I put it I think I put it on the board yesterday. The media hype on Newton – is uh, it's insufferable at this point. It's I, I don't know what they're trying to push. It, it, it's a guy that just runs right straight ahead, north and south, which is great. You need a yard, and then runs right into a tackler. There was a hole. The first drive of the game, there was a hole. He could have bounced it to the right. He could have scored. Yeah, like he missed it. Uh, didn't see it until until uh, really late, and then Montana closed on it. Luckily, we were able to score. Well, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it could, we should have been shut out. Who gives a shit? I mean, it doesn't really matter at this point. But uh, this this Newton this Newton nonsense is I, I I don't I don't quite get it. If I were McGrew, I'd be transferring tomorrow. Yeah, I feel bad for McGrew. I mean, I can't remember if we talked about it. You know, since we recorded this, but I mean. McGrew is a guy who came back. He's been in the program for a long time. He played in the Rose Bowl, took carries. He came back for another year and did not get a snap against Montana in a game where, no. you know, the, the starting running back just is not pitching. He's not getting anything. He's not getting him a camp, uh, especially because I feel like he's a guy who specifically makes something out of nothing. He can break tackles and, uh, you know, do that. And then to not give him a chance at all, just, I, don't, I don't know where we go from here, and I don't know. I don't know how where we go with the podcast. I mean, do we? Where where do you go from here? I mean, you're going at Michigan, and you know, if you win at Michigan, who also, you know, Michigan beat Western Michigan forty four to fourteen. What what's going to happen next week, and what do you do from there? Well, we uh we uh we shit on Taylor Rapp for quitting on us. <laughs> so it's not like we can quit the podcast at any moment, right? I mean. Look, this this is the bad this is the bad 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 psychopath girlfriend that gives good head. I'm oh, out. My <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! She keeps sucking you back in. <laughs> You're not suggesting that be the episode title, right? That's up to you. I, 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 I come up with it. <laughs> wow. Well, uh, I, I guess we'll we'll start to we'll come down the home stretch here in terms of the episode, though, um, because there's there's another six things I can complain about in regards to the game, but those are really just um, that's signal. It's a noise and not signal, you know. Um, uh, it, it's 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 not the big picture. Safeties safeties look soft. Um, who's the uh, camp fab? Yeah, you go by Cam Fab, your thoughts. No, I mean, like I said, there's a there's a bunch of things we can complain about in regards to the game still, but it's almost meaningless because yeah, it's not like it's not like oh, if we got better play out of the outside linebackers, we win this game. No, it's it's everything. It is it's everything. everything. 
Everything, everything is bad. So I, I guess, I, I guess let's just say, uh, you know, where do we go from here in regards to the rest of the season, and then uh, you know, just the long-term damage that's gonna that this is gonna have with the program. Um, we're in a death spiral now, and um, you know, is it is it gonna take? Because you know, there's not gonna be a scandal or anything, so. Is it going to take two and ten before we uh, rid ourselves of the coach and the athletic director? And at what point does that happen? And uh, you know, th- if, this if is this goes, is. If he goes four and eight, I, they're they're not going anywhere. Uh, that, oh that no, is, they're not going anywhere. And 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 I don't want to. If hear, he goes two and uh, ten, he's not going anywhere. Not this year. I don't think I don't think he is, and they need to. They need to now. They they need to now. This is not. Do you think? Do you think Bama would put up with this shit? <laughs> they would no. never put up with this shit. If if Saban was in his second year, they would not put up with this shit. Look, Sark Sark had a bad loss uh, to us. He had a bad loss to us. He wanted out, so he purposely got drunk and went to a, a public <laughs> function. He, he was the he was the boxer that you know uh, kind of quits on his stool or uh, spits out his mouthpiece like ten times because he, he wants out of the fight. Well, you you're know, you're confusing your timeline there. The the public function, the rally was during the August preseason, uh, but he was found in the corner of his office. The oh, day after he I lost mean. to yeah, Washington, yeah, yeah. and he was yeah, he was in yeah, the corner yeah. sobbing. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he was he showed up drunk to work, and uh, well, yeah, was sent home. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, I confused the timeline, but he was a he was he was a shot fighter that wanted out of the fight. We're we're never we're not going to get that here. No, we're 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 going to get you know we're going to have to suffer through this. Uh, It'll be really know. interesting to do we do we see any hint of uh humility from from Jimmy early in the week or is it gonna be the athletic department putting out a big giant excuse fest, you know? That was a good Montana team. <laughs> COVID, COVID, COVID. COVID, COVID, COVID. Montana kids kids being kids. These are kids being kids. We got sixty thousand people to go to a game maskless for the most part to come cheer you on, and that's what happens. Uh, I mean, the thing too is you can blow it up, and you know, Sark when he, you know, Sark had some bad moments, especially early on, you know, when he took over thing, but he was recruiting, and you're like, you trusted that they were going out there and they were recruiting, there was momentum, they were pushing things. I mean, to me, this just makes the stench that was kind of building on the program means that something's rotten. Everyone knew it, and now we all just know it. You know, with the recruiting, and there was some kid who was committed to Oregon when some other kid committed to Oregon who put on Instagram or something like, no one wants to go to Washington, which to me is like something just, something stinks, and it stinks really bad, and now we all know it. And if they if they literally have a bad season, who's going to go? They're literally going to be taking nothing but guys who have no other Pac-12 offers or guys who are stealing from, you know, Arizona. What what happens if they? If they it's going to be like, a team of Jackson servants. Yeah, I mean, even if yeah. they go, even if they go bounce back somehow and go like seven and six or eight and five somehow, you're still going to have another class of you know players that no one else wanted as Washington. Where if you hire you know someone who comes in and cleans up, you know you can go eight and five, and at least you're like, well, we're bringing in fresh blood and. You know, he's recruiting the hell out of things, and there's momentum, and people are buying it. Now, where the fuck do you go from here? They're going to have to go well, and then, out, outside the box like Oregon did, you know, when they hired Chip Kelly from uh, New Hampshire. Like, just some some random uh, guy from from a small college. Who thinks differently and doesn't who think thinks, differently. Yeah, who thinks differently and uh, just let the guy run the offense. Yeah, I mean, or or whatever his specialty is. I mean, the main thing there, because my first thought when you said that was, well, it you know he was Chip was known for his offensive acumen and everything. But at the same time, though, when you compare him to Jimmy, 
Chip had at least been a head coach somewhere. Yeah. And uh and Jimmy hadn't. So um it's think, uh you know and then and then you look at you look at what the local media you look at and you look at the Oh well, then if, if if that's true, then I would disagree with what you said. Where you go get a coordinator from somewhere because why not get the promising coordinator that you have right here instead of going to the other side of the country? Then oh, I meant, um, I meant but, if you were going to hire a coordinator, I meant if you were going to oh. hire a new coordinator. Okay, uh, and one thing I want to say though is like another problem with all this situation is that. A lot of the uh, warts and blemishes from Jimmy and what's been going on with this program, uh, you know, Varel's written about it a little bit, but for the most part, the media has, has glossed it all over and pumped things up. And, you know, I think the, the most uh, egregious example would be that uh, screenshot that people had from uh, Kim Grenolds where he was saying that the big three recruits from last year, he heard from a very good source, that they were all coming to Washington. And we went 0 for 3 on them. We whiffed on all of them. And it's pretty clear that we – so the, what I'm trying to say also is that with the exception of one or two Mike Varell articles, nobody's holding their feet to the fire either, so other than hardcore Husky. But um, uh, that's a problem also. And so there's there's a little bit of blame in that regard too because that – if you had an honest media that was trying to, I, I don't mean uh, where, because we, we have, you know, we're we're honest and hardcore Husky, but we have a reputation as being negative because, um, partly because we point out the flaws, but also it's a little bit of our shtick or whatever. Um, but right. if you have a media that's, if you have a media that's glossing things over and, and, and uh, rooting, and, and th- I could get political here and I don't want to, but they're they they're trying to prop up Washington for the wrong reasons like they've been doing for the last twenty years and um and just just different reasons depending on who's in charge and it's not helpful to the program because it allows things to fester and worsen when you could nip things in the bud otherwise so well the the Seattle sports media is has been weak for years uh, i mean i'll I'll go a little off topic to Seahawks just for a second. Like Malik McDowell never sure. got in a fucking ATV ac- accident. He never got in an ATV accident. Probably got in a bar fight and no one ever calls out uh, the Seahawks for lying about it or talking about it. I mean, the Seattle sports right. media is, is weak and pathetic. Uh, and whenever you have a winner, they can't wait to, you know, tear you down. Like, you know, the Huskies are winning in 2016, and they have front-page news and shit on kids going to other colleges. Yeah, it's weird. The Seattle it's media, fucking weird. The Seattle media seems to get negative whenever the programs are doing well, but then when they're not doing well, then they seem to be positive. And I think the media landscape has just kind of changed, too. I mean, uh, Josh Garnett should not be on the front page going to Stanford. Like, no one cares. Should, no one fucking cares anymore. I mean, that was the old thing where, yeah, there was a thing where, like, yeah, they, no one cares. And, yeah, the Seattle media, there's no, I mean, I but, don't even know. I don't know. Okay, I don't but know. I, I agree with you partially, but I want to say this. It's like when you had Willingham here. The media never, the media never uh, put its feet to the fire. No, and uh, I remember... And, and I remember I was having a conversation off the record with C.J. Wallace back in the day, and he's like, oh, my God, man, it's so bad. It is so bad here. And uh, people knew it. People knew it. And and that's a large part of why I am uh, you know, haven't been with Dogman for so long now, because I couldn't keep quiet about it, and then they started trying to, you know, censor me, and then... Uh, and then the, the rift began, and, and blah 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 blah. But um, well, here the Seattle media is a example. the Seattle media is a problem with this, and that's why Hardcore Husky exists. If, if Hardcore Husky yeah. wouldn't even exist if if the media was 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 doing its job properly. So that's why well, Mike Morell is such a breath of fresh air. Here's things with the media: they, the Seattle media tore down Don James, they tore down New yes. Idol. But they somehow yes. never broke the story of Stark being a public drunk that everyone knew. Yeah, everyone knew about it. Everyone knew. How we, that we found out. We found out at we a. Knew. We found out at a family Christmas party. He had a. He had a fucking. Uh, he had a personal driver that uh, was paid for by the school. 
Like the RT is taking pay for that shit. How is that not a story? How is that not a story? How's that not out? And the things that you had about Willingham, you know, how was that? How how was the media not a story? Yet they tore down John Don James for weird things that were nothing. And then you know later Newheisel basically gets fired because the media outs that he, you know, he uh, he was he was in office pool betting thing. But yet, yeah, Sark was a public drunk adulterer and just mad for years. Oh, he took uh, well, he took the USC job on a uh, at a Colorado airport, I think, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. On, on a recruiting trip paid for by the University of Washington. Like, how does that story not get out? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, the media is one thing, but I mean, overall, just disgraceful. We got 60,000 people who show up to support that. I mean, I see I, the, the comparison to be maybe like Nebraska or Miami, but what other program is just like uh, so many people who are bought in so well, who are supporting it, that just has nothing, absolutely nothing. Like just cannot lose this to Montana. Suddenly lose it to Montana, scores seven points against Montana. doesn't score after the opening drive. Looks sad. Just looks sad. You know, yeah, it's just weird. You, you look, I was just there and I'm like, this is just bizarre. We have, this many people who are at this game that want this to succeed and it just does not at all. Like, where else is this the case? And I guess in Nebraska, it just feels like college football moved on and left Washington behind. Basically, what happened? Washington is. Oh, that, you put that nicely. That's how it worst feels. Version, a worse version of Minnesota, which I was laughing at watching Minnesota and Ohio State. I was like, select kind of reminds me of a. Uh, a white city lake, and I was like, we're a worse Minnesota at this point because they have a guy who, you know, they lose, but he's still out there like there's something there. And, you know, Washington has nothing and laughing at Oregon almost losing to Fresno State, and then, you know, that happens. And the Pac-12, the disgrace, everything got left Well, well we lost to Fresno. Remember Gilby's first, uh, was it 2004? <laughs> and we, yeah. and uh we we lost with Isaiah at quarterback, I remember. Yeah, he threw a bad pick six, I think, at right? Fresno and Nevada. Yeah. Well, Nevada, Nevada was an 03, yeah. 03. Yeah. Oh, oh, three. Yeah. The Nevada, Fresno, yeah, I mean, uh, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what that was. I don't know where to go from here other than, like, I guess we're going to take it week to week and just watch Everything was bad. There was not a single thing other than, yeah, he said the McDuffie down putt. People, the crowd was good. He's our player of the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the opening drive, but even the opening drive was kind of ugly. It was just an endless amount of four-yard runs, you know. Uh, it's kind of like difficult passes where I said, I'm like, oh, uh, that's it. That's it. And from here, we well, don't know couple of updates from the boards here. Uh, back to pack, a.k.a. Fudgy, he now wants upper campus fired also. Um, and then uh, Harry Ball's dog says, let's fire Lake tonight and offer Jonathan Smith $5 million a year to come to Washington. Make him say no. Well, that, that's another bad sign when things just go bad when you have people who get disgraced that leave your company or program that then turn around and laugh at you. I mean, you have Jonathan Smith, who we all hate it. Turns out he was the problem. You have Jake Hayner. You have JT Tumalo and Emeka Ibuka, who we are kind of laughing at because they're going to go to Ohio State and not play. Transfer out. Transfer out. And G. Scott Jr., and you're like, Oregon, you're like, ah, laughing at them. And everyone's like, and all the guys who are going to Oregon. And now you're like, Everyone's oh. everyone's working out, laughing it up, laughing yeah, at you now. Laughing up everyone's now. laughing at you. I mean, it's just a long streak of you're like, eventually, odds wise, someone who leaves in disgrace has to not Kuka Nakua. <laughs> uh, Ethan Garber backing up right now. We've I, I, been on so long, I don't know what the score of that game. Ethan Garber, this is a better place. Uh, you know, everyone who you laugh at, you're like, all oh, right, like these guys are gone. You know, fuck them, and now they're turning around and pointing to you. UCLA was ahead last time I looked. Yeah, I know. Oh, my. UCLA's ahead 38-27. to 27. They won. They won 38-27. Oh. Chip. Oh, wait, Chip let me. Kelly. Chip Kelly's going to win the Pac-12. Chip Kelly's going to win the Pac-12. Let me update it. 
he's going to prison rape Cristobal in Oregon, and Washington State is uh, up on Utah State six to five <laughs> at, at the seventh inning stretch. At the seventh, seventh inning stretch. The Pac-12 stuck. Oregon stuck. Washington stuck. Uh, Nevada, Nevada up on Cal. I predicted that earlier. LSU stuck. BYU up on Arizona. Coach O is like these kids. He's a shitty coach, and he somehow won a national championship. Done. Conference is done. Conference is done. Toast fucking done. Maybe USC or Oregon gets into the eventual super conference. College football is done. We're making guys like DJ Ugalele and Spencer Rattler stars before they ever do anything now, giving them money before they ever prove that they can actually play college football. Getting guys drafted. I'm ranting now. Getting guys drafted by proving almost nothing. <laughs> they were done. Done. Well, passing passing it, by us. Tenth after tenth after tenth after tenth in Seattle. Society's w- wondering, done. Wondering why nobody wants to come to Washington. Society's done. <laughs> Washington the state's done unless you have eight million dollars in your bank account from being a corporate dick, a <laughs> corporate asshole who then shits on everybody. <laughs> they all their jerks for living their life. We're done. Everything's done. I'm done. I'm moving back to LA. <laughs> I'm moving to Alabama. I'm becoming an Alabama fan. I've I've opened up my recruitment. Yeah, I'm moving. To, I'm moving to a, a a state in the south. I'm gonna live my life. I'm gonna be happy. If I die of COVID, I die of COVID. Uh, and I'm gonna meet people who want to live life. <laughs> I'm done with everything. You know this. I guess the theme of this podcast would be that gift that uh, of the guy that's sitting there listening to his headphones. Then he slowly raises the gun to his head. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's kind of uh, the. <laughs> I guess we'll wrap things up here. dollars in County to buy a shack in the woods now. Yeah. Yeah. Still got to work out. So we'll wrap things up now. Do you guys have any final thoughts? No. <laughs> I'll just. just, just just slowly trekking home. Yeah, we're not even on the freeway yet. We're not even on the freeway yet. But where, what, what street are you guys on? 50th <laughs> I think or we're something? We're definitely on the I-5 oh, now. We're on the on-ramp. We're on the on-ramp okay. I-5. For one, one little, one little cool note: we are in uh, Marty Stewart's old tour bus right now. And Gloria Stefan. <laughs> and Gloria Stefan. Who almost who got killed in it. Hopefully, we die in it yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> We're we're in the we're in the same uh, we're in the same room. She she almost lost her life in. <laughs> well, you get the Reaper is more accurate this time. At least he didn't get killed by Montana. Makes you well. You you know you two you both you guys can have your own Thelma and Louise moment now. You know. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> And uh, yeah, we got a couple people on the board to say they're they're done with Husky football and they're and see you guys later. So, um, but both of them have like twenty thousand posts, so I don't know how serious that is. But. <laughs> they need help. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, hey! Shout out, uh, shout out to Kobe Stopper. He actually posted on the football board. You fucking asshole. <laughs> 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 that was one of my favorite things from a couple of years ago where um, it, it was in the middle of a, of a very competitive game the Huskies were in, and I wandered over to the Tug Tavern to see what was going on, and Kobe Stopper was, was in a big argument with Slay Dog over uh, Trump. <laughs> I was like, guys, there's a Husky game going on, you know. So. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, well... Uh, have a good, uh, safe trip home, and uh, we'll talk again in a few days. Hell yeah, love good. All right, there you go, dogs, I guess. Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at hu- hardcorehusky.com we've got husky football yellow snows record shop 
and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is which is a shit show of politics and strange news. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level, level of cyber peyote, peyote, come join Swain's Wigwarm. I'm going to have to read this over. Sway's Wigwam, yeah. Sway's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low, low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. I'll have to read that one, but... <laughs>